Hello and welcome to the Tech Marketing Trends podcast. My name is Jacob Levenbrand. I'm the Managing Director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast. Today we're going to talk about the topic, the content sweet spot, and specifically uh, content on LinkedIn. And so and we have an expert with us on this topic today, Mark Williams, also known as Mr. LinkedIn. And he is a LinkedIn trainer at the company ETN LinkedIn Training and also a podcast host international speaker and doing a lot of things in this area and with that very short introduction welcome to our podcast thank you very Great. much it's uh it's good to be here yeah now looking forward to uh to chatting about this sweet spot that um that we can reveal more about in a second yes i'm so stoked to hear more about your thoughts about this because this is a big topic and i know you're an expert in it so who, who a lot of people you know, listening to around those things. So I'm so happy to have you with us, but you need to give us a background here before we start who you are, what you've been doing and so forth. This you've been been doing a lot of exciting stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm an independent LinkedIn trainer um, and have been for, well, I'm in my 15th year now, um, which um, surprises a lot of people because most people that I work with um, and uh, train how to use LinkedIn weren't even on LinkedIn 15 years ago. <laughs> Probably hadn't even bothered with LinkedIn 15 years ago. Um, but I, I guess my background prior to that was recruitment. So I was quite involved in the LinkedIn world, if you like, before uh, before I ever uh, uh, got to train people. I was, I was quite heavily involved with LinkedIn. Um, I used to run a recruitment business. You have people working for me and I saw it as part of my job to make sure that they were competent in using the tool, which in those days was largely a recruiting tool, really. And um, whilst LinkedIn themselves still focus on that topic quite heavily because that's where they make most of their money. I think for the rest of us, it's a kind of uh, occasional recruiting tool, but um, is largely a networking and business development tool that most people really value these days. Of course, that's changed so so much since the days when I first started. So yeah, so that's my background. I was one of the first LinkedIn trainers in the world. There are a few in the States and one or two splattered around Europe uh, when I first started in 2008. Um, it's a completely different world now. There are hundreds of LinkedIn trainers um, uh, all over the place. And in fact, if I, I was talking to someone the other day who was just setting up as a LinkedIn trainer, and I said, if I was you, I would pick a niche within LinkedIn training. And when I first started, uh, LinkedIn training was so niche that people actually thought it was a bit of a joke. They couldn't, couldn't quite get their heads around why you would ever need to learn how to use a social media tool. That just seemed like a ridiculous concept back in the day. Um, but obviously things have changed a lot since then. So, Yeah, wow. 15 years ago, that, 2008 and onwards, have you been working with this? That's fantastic. And didn't this start in 2005 or something like that? Uh, 2003, LinkedIn started. Uh, um, I, yeah. I got my first account in 2005, actually, um, which I um, did absolutely nothing with, like a lot of people when they first signed <laughs> up. Um, and then went crazy with it and started going bonkers and connecting with all kinds of people. Um, and then realized I was doing it all wrong. And then decided instead of just changing that, I decided to close that account down and start a new one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so I started a new one in 2007. Um, and uh, yeah, but in many respects, you know, that those kind of stories are things that people are still doing today, you know, still not quite understanding how to uh, how to use the tool. 
so officially, when I go to my LinkedIn account, it says I started in 2007, but it was actually two years prior to that when I first actually had the LinkedIn account. Wow, you were in the early batches there, so fantastic. And and uh, what what a, what a ride! I mean, you picked uh, 2008. You you didn't know where this would take you, you know. But uh, hey, w- what a horse you picked! <laughs> yeah, I, I know. And there's an element to look in that, isn't there? And uh, and I'm always very aware of that. But then it was a little bit of a a calculated gamble in some respects because. You know, I often tell the story about when I first came across LinkedIn, it was actually because someone who was working for me um, mm. who was, you know, in a sales role and uh, was always very active and stood up in the office and on the phone and chatting to people all day long, as is the traits of someone who's successful in those sort of roles, you know. And um, and then I came to the office one day and he wasn't. He's was very quiet and he was just sitting staring at his computer screen all day long. And I thought, well, either he had a big night last night um, or he's thinking of getting a job and and we've lost his motivation. Either way, I need to drag him in my office and find out what's going on. So I did. And I sat him down and I said, what's the problem? Um, he said, there's no problem. And I said, come on, Tom, you know, you, you, you're normally on your feet and talking to people all day long. You're very quiet today. Something clearly up. And he went, oh, he said, I'll tell you what it is. I found this website. It's like a social media site, a bit like Facebook, but um, but not. And he said, it's amazing. He said, I can get all these names of people that work in these companies and everything is incredible. You don't have a look at it. And I went, come on, Tom. He said, you're not going to make any money sitting staring at social media site. So you need to get on the phone and start talking to people. And he went, I know what you're saying, but just have a look at it. I think you'll see what I mean. And this guy, I don't know, at that stage, he had about two years experience under his belt. And I've been in the industry 20 odd years or a bit less than that at that point, maybe 16 years. And um, so I, you know, created this first account 2005 started connecting to people that i knew and um and then started you know seeing who they were connected to and i know this sounds obvious now to us but back in the day i i couldn't believe what i was seeing i was like hold on a second this person who i've known for years knows this other person i've also known for years and i had no idea they knew each other and um just that simple little thing that happened then i just thought this is amazing i can't believe how good this is and I also can't believe that people that are using it don't have any idea of how powerful this could be. It just seemed obvious to me, but that was putting together a lot of business experience in sales environments and and uh, and putting that together with LinkedIn. As someone, this guy who was talking to, you know, he didn't really understand the concept of how this could work. He just thought this is a great way of getting names. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even today I work with sales teams and that's, you know, what's linked into you oh it's a great way of getting people's names i'm like oh really honestly <laughs> that's just nothing in comparison to what you can do so yeah it was a gamble in a way but um i'm not that surprised that you know it's still going strong today wow. and um it's one social media site that's you know really lasted the test of time more than mm. most mm. um and uh whilst you know other sites are still used um and still popular in some regards. Um, I think LinkedIn has just continued to get stronger over its almost 20 years of history now. So, Yeah, fantastic. And I'm happy you didn't pick MySpace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's so interesting to hear your, uh, you know, uh, I think everybody knows that I need to use LinkedIn more or I should be better at it or I, I don't leverage it enough and so forth. And there's a lot of 
you know, uh, almost a little bit of stress around this. And and you have helped companies around this and specifically around, you know, the compass of content sweet spot and how it can benefit businesses and so forth. So maybe you can talk to me a little bit about what is it you mean is the sweet spot from a content perspective? And how can that help me and my company <clears throat> generate leads? So you know how um, it's a fairly common thing that you'll hear people say on LinkedIn or, or say about LinkedIn, that, you know, it's it's going downhill. Um, all I ever seem to see in my feed is um, is posts about what, you know, people are doing at the weekend or their marriage breakup or um, all kinds of personal stuff that's got absolutely nothing to do with business. And it just seems to be that, you know, my feed's taken over with this stuff recently. You know, you hear people say that all the time. And, um, and you know, the, let's say we take that, put, put that point to one side for a second and then think about how LinkedIn works and uh, the, the means of distribution of content. So if you're doing a post on LinkedIn, the reason why more people will see it is because people engage with it. Either they might like it or react in some way to it or ideally comment on it. And if they do, then that carries it to their followers. And that's how you get distribution of content on LinkedIn. That's the primary method of, uh, of it being distributed around the network. Now, um, let's think about those two things combined. So um, people don't realize this, but it's a fact, right, that the vast majority, not even close, the vast majority of content on LinkedIn is very business orientated, very business orientated. But the interesting thing is that people don't perceive that to be the case because they look at their feed and they see a lot of personal content or they see a lot of things that they consider to be not business orientated. Um, so isn't that telling us something? If the primary means of distribution is engagement, um, then it would appear to be that the content that seems to be most engaged with is of a personal nature. So if you want to keep posting business content, dry business content that nobody seems to be interested in, then fill your boots, you know, carry on. But nobody's going to see it or hardly anybody's right. going to see it. So you're already achieving much doing that. And the sweet spot is understanding that if we look at the two extremes, then you can post something that is, you know, just purely about business and very dry and not that interesting to most people. Or alternatively, you can go to the other extreme and, you know, post about the fact that you're depressed and that, you know, you've got mental health challenges and, um, and you know, this has gone wrong and your marriage is going wrong and da, 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 and not mention business in any context at all. Mm. Um, and out of the two, the second of those will probably be more popular and probably more people will see it. But actually, the world is not as black and white as that. And actually, if you think about it, let's understand what it is about that personal content that's so popular. Why are people interested in it? And once we get to groups with that, then we can mix a bit of that with a bit of, bit of business content. Then we find the sweet spot. And the reason, of course, that people respond well to those personal posts is that what it shows them is something about the individual. They're learning about the person and they find that interesting and valuable. They can relate to it. And they want to know that kind of stuff. Whereas if you just talk about a business or a product, then, you know, it's just like an ad. So I, I can easily pass that by. There's nothing really that grabs me about that. There's nothing that really is that interesting about that. It's not about people. And so the sweet spot is where you can combine business content, but delivered 
in a personal way with a bit of personality showing and revealing more about you as an individual. And that's when you crack it because, you know, if all you want to do is post about your personal life all day on LinkedIn, then you could get a lot of followers. You could get, you could be very visible and very popular, but nobody perceives you as being in business. You know, nobody wants to do business with you or even understand you in that context. So you may as well be on a different social media site for that. But if you can combine a bit of that revealing more about yourself and being more of a character with a bit of business content, then they understand the context of who you are and what you got to offer, but they also buy into you and want to get to know you and people buy from people, right? So that's why they're going to want to buy from you and how you're going to be able to generate visibility, which generates opportunities, um, which generates business. So that, that's kind of what I'm talking about with, uh, with the sweet spot. Hmm. So interesting. Do you work as a sales, marketing, or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. So, so learning to know a person that feels interesting, but also, you know, sprinkling in the business side of things, uh, and not only being the, the corporate uh, boring <laughs> stuff uh, that, that also is so, so uh, common on LinkedIn. So how do you strike that balance? How do you find that mix between personal and business? And what is it that's hard uh, to make that happen in a good way? Yeah, so there's there's a number of aspects to this. I mean, I guess always with content, the starting point is understanding who your target audience are. Right? Mm. Who are you speaking to? Whose attention do you want to get? Um, and that's probably where most people fall down to start with on that one um, and why a lot of their content is not going to be interesting because it's not actually targeted towards the people that they want to reach. So an example would be that one of the questions when I do training courses um all delegates on my training courses are asked to fill out an online questionnaire and that questionnaire asks them a variety of questions about their use of linkedin and all the rest of it but the most interesting question for me is where i say give me three topics that are of great interest to your target audience and by our target audience i'll define that as the people that you want to reach on linkedin that you want to be most visible to on linkedin and <laughs> you'd be amazed at the answers I get to that question, which I would say the majority of the time, not all the time, but the majority of the time are very focused around their business, their products, their solution. It's quite staggering, actually. And you think, did you read the question? <laughs> but but that's how people answer it. And, and I think that goes to the heart of part of the problem that a lot of people have with content is we go, Right, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm here to generate leads and opportunities for my business. So let's talk about my business. And that's what I want to talk about. Well, that might be what you want to talk about. But is that what your audience really want to hear or really want to read or really want to consume? Because a better way of asking the question, perhaps, is what excites your audience? What keeps them awake at night? What really troubles them? What really bothers them? What really excites them and gets them to really think about so what puzzles them you know strong emotions 
things that are actually going to get their attention, not, oh, that's mildly interesting. Um, once you understand that, and that's always your starting point, then you're working towards something that's more likely to be successful. Then you say, OK, so here's a topic, right? Whatever that might be. So I think this is a topic that's going to be particularly interesting to my target audience. But then what you've got to do is weave into that personality character and deliver it from you. So I'll give you an example here. Um, there's a chap, I don't know if you, you know him, a chap called Andreas Jonsson, um, who runs a business called Shield, which is a, um, he's the CEO of a business called Shield, and it's a LinkedIn analytics company. Um, now, Andreas has a unique insight into what content works well on LinkedIn, because uh, he has a lot of customers that are, and they're analyzing their content, right? So they, they get a fairly good view of what works and what doesn't work, right? Uh, and I'll read you um, a post that he did, because it's very, very short and uh, and, and very easy to understand. So uh, Andreas, his preference tends to be text only post. There's no uh, particular favorite amongst the LinkedIn community. Um, it varies really, but uh, uh, Andreas's particular choice is normally text. And this is literally three short lines, okay? Um, I prefer hoodies, full stop, and white sneakers. Then a space line, am I not professional question mark? Then a space line. It's 2022. Let's redefine professionalism. That post got over 2,000 reactions, 384 comments. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Now, he could have said, he could have sat at his desk and thought, right, okay, I get it. Um, my target audience are business leaders. Um and they're running businesses and they have to deal with all kinds of issues. And I was talking to someone the other day who was talking about dress code in businesses. So let's do a post about dress code in business, right? So he could have written a post that talked about dress code, you know, the rights and wrongs of it, the the, the, the advantages, the disadvantages, you know, making people wear a suit. Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? How do people react to it? Blah, blah, blah. You could get, there's a big topic there. You could talk about that a lot, but he didn't do that. He started it with, I prefer me. Let me show you a bit about myself. Let me reveal who I am and what my preferences are. And then let's throw back that back to you and let's talk about it. Right. Mm. So there are a number of techniques at play here. But the, the one that we're talking about, particularly with the sweet spot, is I understand my topic. That's important. I think that's going to be a topic that's going to interest my target audience. It's got nothing to do with LinkedIn analytics, has it? Right. So he's, he's not talking about what his business does at all. But he understands his audience. So he's okay, great. But I'm going to approach it from a personal perspective. So I'm going to deliver this in a very personal style. I'm going to have an opinion, but I'm also going to put it out to people and say, well, what do you think? Right? There you go. I'm going to make a strong statement. That's what I believe. Shouldn't we redefine professionalism? I'm not actually asking a question. I'm just making a statement. Right? There you go. Redefine professionalism. Off you go. So I'm igniting the fire, if you like. Discuss. You know, and people will, and people did. Now, that's great content, you know, as seen by the results. Now, you know, you don't just achieve that in one post. There's a buildup over time. Um, he's built followers. Followers are looking out for his stuff. When they see it, they know it's going to be good, and they feel they want to respond. But over time, he's built that kind of following that will engage with his content. But at the same time, when he's taking an approach to content, he very much approaches it from a, Andreas point of view. This is me. This is who I am. Right? So that's an example of what I'm talking about in terms of the sweet spot. It's bringing yourself 
and your personality and your character to the content, relating stories that have happened to you, things that matter to you, things that you believe in, what you stand for, you know, things of that nature is far more powerful. And anybody running a business who wants to be seen by people outside the business and, of course, people within their own business should really take a leaf out of his book because he really presents himself in a way that uh, people can really get an idea of who he is and what he's all about. That's a great example and so interesting. But uh, it seems almost like, uh, you know, <laughs> building a personal brand in parallel to to your company, so to say. So that's the way you think everybody should go. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't that's not suggest that um, that we don't put out information about the company. And, and it's interesting, actually, there are various examples on LinkedIn where people have very much started out building a personal brand and established a kind of reputation and a following of people that are that are invested in them mm. and their story. And they weave into that the company story. Mm. And as a result of that, the people that follow them that are invested in their story want to know about their successes and failures, but they're interested to know about the business and they're interested to support the business because they're part of a story. They kind of have invested themselves into it. So the technique really is when you first start on LinkedIn, it's all about you. All right. Trying to build that kind of following around you representing a company for sure. And people can see by your profile that you are, um, but you don't push the company or try and sell anything. You're just really trying to build a following through great content, engaging with people. So it's a, it's a bit like, it's a bit like, yeah, you know, forget online stuff for a second. We just go into a networking event. We're meeting people. We walk into a room, we go up to people, we start talking to them on a one to few basis. Right. So, you know, I'm not going up to people and going, let me tell you all about my LinkedIn training. They'd be like, crikey, you're a bit full on. Right? You wouldn't do that. I mean, I, well, very few people, I've met some people that do, but very few people would do that, right? What they do is they interact with you. Tell me about yourself. Let's talk about this. Oh, you know, I had a good journey here. You know, this is what's happened to me today. Oh, let me tell you about what happened to me last week. Blah, blah, blah. We're talking, we're getting to know each other. We're breaking down barriers. And you decide whether you like me or not. And maybe you don't. Maybe you think this guy's not for me. So you walk away and find a different group to talk to. That's absolutely fine, right? But if you decide that you like me, then you're interested in what I've got to say. And over time, you become more interested. And then I turn around to you one day and I go, I've got this new product coming out. I'm really excited about it. And, and I go, that's amazing. Right? That's brilliant. Anybody that's invested in something, they want to know about your products and services. Of course they do. And they want to help you sell more you know they want you to be successful so it's just about finding that combination between two not just in content but this is a kind of more bigger point of how you build a presence on linkedin and um, the one thing i've learned over all these years of working on linkedin is that you know and it's people or the community of people on linkedin have proved this time and time and time again and i just think we're at a point now where it can't really be disputed anymore it's like just a fact. This is a community of people who are interested in people. You, know, you try and get traction from a company page post. Really hard. Right? Very difficult to do. Some people achieve it occasionally, but it's one-off stuff here and there. Consistently producing content that actually engages an audience. 
That's almost always done by people. And that's no coincidence. It's not an accident. That's because the LinkedIn community are interested in people. And so we use that to our advantage. Now, add to that, in any organization, you'll have X number of people that are working for your organization that all have their own LinkedIn accounts, their own networks, lots of different people. There'll be crossover, of course. But they each establish their own personal brand, their own following, and they get out there and these people invest in them. And they talk about the business and where you're going and the challenges and the exciting things that are happening. And all of these people are buying into it. Think of the combined power of all of that across all these people in the business, as opposed to one company page trying to push out content that inevitably always comes across as being very marketing orientated, you know, trying to get me to do something, trying to get me to buy into something. So. That's really what I'm talking about. Obviously, the sweet spot is specific to content, but this all fits into a bigger picture of how we build a following on LinkedIn mm. so that we can post on a consistent basis and get success. That's so fantastic. And so, uh, and the conversion there that you mentioned, how do you actually convert this following to leads or business? It's, uh, it's, it's no magic formula. It's just, you know, right as personally as you can, I'm, you know, ooh, we're releasing this service or now we're opening uh, this and that uh, office or whatever. Is that how you see it being yeah, so, efficient from a sales perspective? I mean, it is a good question that because, you know, a lot of people think, well, uh, this is all very well, um, but, you know, I need to, I need to actually get sales from this thing. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit basic to look at it like that. I think it, mm -hmm. it's a little bit like going, Okay, this is all very well, but actually, I want to really, what I really want to do is knock your front door down, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't really be bothered with all the kind of building, you know, <laughs> likability and and mm. uh, and popularity and visibility and building relationships and trust. Forget no like trust. I'm just going to knock your front door down and persuade you to buy something, right? Mm. And that's what that's what people want to just jump to, but you know. You're playing six times when you do that. It's just going to be, you know, you'll get a success and then you get lots of failure and then you're back to where you were. And then, you you know, you're not building something sustainable. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. There will be times where you may approach someone. I'm not against that. But I suppose what you're aiming for, the ultimate, is you just want them queuing up around the corner to do business with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Obviously, we'd all love that, right? So mm -hmm. we've got more potential customers than we can possibly handle, right? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. That's what we want. So we can pick mm -hmm. and choose, put our prices up, not that, that, that you know, that queue of people that want to do business with us is too much, right? So I'll put my prices up by 30%. That'll drop 30% off that queue, right? But there's still plenty of people left, right? That's kind of what we're aiming for. But, you know, in the real world, there will be very specific organizations that you are targeted to do business with that you really want to make sure you, you have some impact with. So you will approach people, don't get me wrong. But approaching someone on the back of being very well-known very visible, very much someone that a lot of people are bought into is significantly easier than it is, you know, if Richard Branson knocked on your door tomorrow and said, I'm quite interested in your services. You'd be like, well, come in, you know, this is great. You know, or, or Richard Branson knocked on your door tomorrow and said, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, um, whatever, you know, flying Virgin or something. You'd be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, let's have a conversation. Extreme example. But my point is that, when you're just like a random unknown nobody trying to knock someone's front door down, then life is really difficult. You are making life very difficult for yourself. There is, and you know, this is a separate subject, so I won't get too um, 
distracted by it. But I think there is an interesting topic around the psychology of buying in all of this, mm. in that I think people want to buy from you when there's an element of scarcity and need to want to buy from you. When they perceive that the power is all with them and they choose whether you can sell to them or not, as opposed to they want to buy from you, mm. then the psychology shifts quite dramatically. Mm. And I think it becomes harder. So there's a balance to be played because if you, you do want to approach people directly on occasions, but if you overdo that, so and, and certainly in your content, if it comes across in your content that you're always pushing stuff, then you know, it, it's it's very subconscious, I think. But we we as the buyer immediately start seeing it as a oh, I have all the power now, mm. right? You're trying to persuade me. Should I buy from you? Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. You know. Mm, exactly. But it, it it's better that the perception is very much you're popular, you're interesting, I like you, and you look like you've got some really good products here. I really want to buy from you, but I'm not going to tell you that. But I do feel like I really do want to buy from you. You see what I mean? It's that this, <laughs> this balancing yeah. act between the two that exactly. we, we need to yeah. check carefully on that one because you don't sit back and just hope people are queuing up around the corner. I get that, yeah. Yeah. but sometimes overly proactive from a sales perspective can be damaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree, and and that's so interesting to hear. But I think the problem is that. Uh, personally and, and other people do is is to struggle you know i don't feel that maybe it's it's bad with an prioritization and time issue but also i'm you know I, I have a little bit you know is people interested in me what i've been doing today you know it's both <laughs> a feeling around what is interesting and what should i put out there and and also having the time to produce it in a well and and yeah. quality way how can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, being a CEO or a marketing manager, wanting to do this, buying into all you say, but struggles, getting it done, you know, and finding time or processes to, to get it out there. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, and a very real one, you know, that I come across pretty much every day in, in the line of my work. And uh, there's two aspects to this. One is time and one is um, having the courage to be authentic. Exactly. Uh, um Having the courage to be authentic. I mean, sometimes I find I find I'm, I'm almost being a psychologist with my clients. Sometimes <laughs> it's like sit on the couch and tell me about how you feel, because there are challenges with that. You know, is is anybody interested in me? Well, that's yeah, that is about you and how you feel you have worth amongst your community of potential customers, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that is about how you believe in yourself. Um, and people often, the reason why they revert to talking about the company is that that's easier. Um, yeah. And, and, I, can, and it, I can sympathize with that, you know, it's, yeah, this is it's our safer. product. It's not me. It's our product. If it yeah. sucks, it's not me, you know. <laughs> yeah. But that's why people don't want to buy it. I'm not suggesting you in this case. No, but that's the problem. That's why people don't buy because exactly they want to buy from you and they want to buy into you. Right. And you will be able to do that. Now, look, that doesn't mean that, again, people have the perception that um, that everybody's going to want to buy from them. And when they actually analyze that, they know that's not true. I mean, clearly, not everybody's going to buy from me. Some people are not going to want to buy from us, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. well, we can understand that 
conceptually and, and say, well, it's fine. We're not going to win every single customer out there. But then when it comes to presenting themselves, they're scared that people aren't going to like them. It's the same thing. Some people really will. Some people really won't. And that's OK. doesn't matter. But the more you you are, the more you bring yourself to the platform, mm-hmm. the more you will get people that are diehard customers that really like where you're coming from and really want to do business with you. And in a way, it's kind of self-selecting to a certain extent that there is an element of uh, in, in any sales environment that, you know, because not everybody's going to buy into you, we're not trying to get them all to buy into you. And this idea of that in sales, what we're really doing is persuading someone that we're the solution that they need. Whereas actually these days with the Internet and social selling and the way people buy the customer makes the majority of that decision themselves really and the amount of persuasion that goes on is much less than we think Mm. we like to believe that there's more of that but actually reality is that Mm. we're so well educated these days Mm. and we're so used to making our own decisions Mm. so really the 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 idea here is that we put ourselves out there and give people every opportunity to judge us for who we really are on the Mm. basis that we know that's going to win and lose, but it's probably going to win more of the types of customers that we want to work with. That's not going to be that constant battle. And we've all had customers like that in the past, right? That doesn't necessarily completely answer the point about the courage of being authentic, but that's the win, right? And that's what you're aiming to achieve. Not You're not going to win everything. You don't want to be vanilla. And I'm not going to upset anybody here because that means that nobody's going to really like you either. Right? So that's why you have to be an individual and, and and get out there. And honestly, my experience of this is that it's not as difficult as you perceive it to be. And it's small steps like anything. So you just gradually work your way into it. It does take a patient approach and it will take time, which brings me on to the second point about have we got time for this? Well, look, the best way of looking at this, the, the only way I can explain have you got time for LinkedIn as a sort of general point um, is if you read a Let's imagine you've got a, a a business meeting with someone in a hotel, right? So you go along and you have this meeting and it finishes and you head back to the office. But as you're walking out of the hotel, you go past the room, the doors open. There's a little sign or a little kind of thing st- there holding the door open and sign on top of it that says, um, open business meeting for, fill in the gap, your community, right? Your marketplace, your target customers, right? Whatever that is, whatever that those words are that describe that, that's what fills the box, okay? So you know this room is full of potential customers, right? You've not been invited, okay? And, and you don't know um, exactly who's in there, but there's a very good chance that if you walk in that room um, and spend a bit of time in there, then it's going to be beneficial to you. Now, look, you've got other things to do. Not a meeting as such to go back to, but there's plenty in your intro, like you got a lot of work to do, but now you've got a decision to make. What are you going to do? Are you going to walk past that open door or are you going to go back to the office? Because I would argue that open door is LinkedIn. Mm. Because it's full of the people that you want to interact with. Yeah. So surely it's got to be worth a bit of your time. It's and I think that's the only way you can look at it. Yeah. It's not about whether you've got the time. We all know that we've got the time. It might not feel like it some days, and I get that. Mm. But we have got the time. It's just about whether we prioritize it. And that's the way I would put it. It's an open mm. door. It's full mm. of your potential customers. 
Are you going to go in and talk to them or have you got more important things to do? That's very good. Very good analogy. I buy that. And uh, very tactical question there. Should you should you try to reach out and connect with people or do you more look for people following you instead of connects these days or how do you actually build a following there? So the following and connecting discussion is an interesting one that uh, a lot of people have different views about. I'm quite a fan of following, but I think connecting is for people that you want to develop a relationship with. Mm-hmm. So here's how it would normally go. When you first start to build a network, you really want to connect, which is like a forced follow in a way. Right. So by connecting with someone, they become your follower. Um, but over a period of time, as you start to build more and more connections, you start to get to a point where you go, Actually, I don't really want to get too many more connections, but I do want more followers. Now, followers are people that are, if you like, primary distributors of your content that allow your content to access people that you don't have access to directly. Okay, so you do want to build a lot of followers Um, where someone is a target, someone that you believe is either a potential customer or referrer. Um, and you know, if you think about the number of customers that are on LinkedIn, you can times that by at least two, in many cases, many more than times two of people out there that could refer you. Right. And one of the big things that people miss about LinkedIn is the platform is bursting full of people that are trying to do the same thing as you. I sell to those people, but a different product. And there's all kinds of collaboration opportunities out there where you can build relationships with people that are mutually beneficial. And again, it's that blunt instrument thing again, isn't it? It's going, here's LinkedIn. There's my target customers. Let's knock the door down and try and get them to do business with me. But it think, you know, take a step back and just think wider, more sophisticated approach. You know, mm. so many people out there that you could meet on LinkedIn, build a relationship with, go out for a coffee with, get to know them, say, look, I'm going to open my customer list out to you. And if you open yours to me, we could both really win from this. You know, there's all kinds of opportunities like that. They're people to connect to as well. But, you know, for me, a connection, apart from the early days of building a network where you're kind of forcing momentum with followers, connection is more about an intention to build a relationship. Okay. And so then you're really looking to build followers beyond that point. And uh, I mean, you won't connect to anybody again, but I made it an atten- intention of mine to try and double my number of connections with followers. So have you know twice the number of followers than I do connections. And I'm not far off. I'm thinking I'm around about that now, just about achieved that. I, have to, I must admit, I haven't looked at it recently, but it's roughly around about that kind of number. And, um, but now I expect followers to continue to build beyond that level and, I get a lot of invites. Obviously, it's the nature of what I do. I get a lot of invites on a daily basis, despite the fact that my primary option and my profile is to follow. Um, but the vast majority of them I ignore, i.e. I- click ignore. I don't completely ignore them, but um, <laughs> click on ignore because uh, I want them to follow me. They don't need to connect to me. Right? They're mm. not somebody that is intending to build a relationship with me um, or that I intend to build a relationship with them. So they really just want to follow. And 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 that and although they may be asking me to connect actually what they often say in the message you know i'm really i saw a post from you recently and i'd like to see more of your content let's right. connect and like you don't need to connect for that right, exactly. <laughs> follow me but if i ignore it by this is one of the features of creator mode that means that they do follow me 
mm. automatically. So if, if we're not connected and you invite me to connect and I say, no, you are a follower by default, that, me- that makes you a follower. Ah, okay. That's interesting. Awesome. Mm. Wow. So many things to think about here. And we could probably go on for, for, for another 45 minutes here, but I know you're a busy guy, Mark, and I'm so grateful for all the things you have uh, talked to me and the audience about here. And, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're a trainer. And of course, we would like to, to you know, uh, promote your services to the audience, but also your content. I know you're active at LinkedIn, of course, and other things and so forth. So people who are interested in, in you, Mark, and, and your services or your content and more for your IDs, where could we send them? Yeah, I mean, there are two places with me. I mean, obviously, LinkedIn is one. Um LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Mr. LinkedIn is, is my simple URL on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and, uh, but the other thing is my podcast. So LinkedIn Forms, which is a weekly podcast. Um, and uh, as the name would imply, really, is all about keeping people up to date and informed about what's going on with LinkedIn. We discuss all kinds of issues, um, but it's for people that are really interested in the platform interested in understanding more about it and like any mm. podcast you can dip in and out of it mm. um as you please but uh we're, we're very fortunate to have uh, a lot of subscribers that you know listen in every week the only downside to that is if i miss a week they all start contacting me to check i'm okay <laughs> <laughs> which is nice in a way but so then makes you feel guilty about missing a week <laughs> so they're the two places really you know so linkedin form podcast you can find you know on all major platforms um where you'll find podcasts and uh and then find me on linkedin awesome thank you so much mark it's been a pleasure to talk to you i wish you all the best with uh, you. your uh, linkedin things in the future Thank you very much.